Tea drinkers and listeners, this is Corey Calder with Staffelty Spilling the Tea, episode two of season two. Want to let you all know that Tyler Hart, associate principal, won the free book giveaway from episode one. But don't you panic. Today is also a free book giveaway. So tune in at the end of the episode to learn about the challenge you have to do to earn a free copy of Finding Lost Smiles from today's guest, Principal Don Epps. This is a great episode. Don brings passion and excitement to education, and I hope you all enjoy the episode. There's the bell. Time for class. Education Nation, this is Corey Calder again with Scaffolty Spilling the Tea, uh, Season 2. It's my great honor. Principal Epps, how are you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Just so the listeners kind of know how we got connected, um, I followed you on Twitter, and you just put out so much positivity uh, for the Twitter community, educators, probably for your school. Uh, I mean, you you bring it to Twitter every day, uh, and I just love seeing what you offer. So I was like, well, let me see if I can get them on the podcast, and I appreciate you coming on. Well, Corey, I appreciate you, and it's a true honor. There's so many great things going on out there, and we just want to be able to share those ideas and, and get better from everyone else, better together. Well, do me a favor and um, introduce introduce yourself to all the listeners out there, uh, kind of who you are and how you got into education. Yep, perfect. Yeah, I'm Don Epps from Southeast Kansas. So, we're I, I grew up in a town probably about 400 in population, a little town called Prescott, Kansas, and and my parents raised me with such great work ethic and core value, uh, and and great great core values, and I. I grew up in the grain business. Basically, we had grain elevators, and uh, so I was working in a grain bin when I was little bitty, and uh, it just kind of shaped who I was. We just never, we never stopped till the job was done. And there's two things I take into the school, to, into the schools I go to, is treat people's respect, and and refuse to be outworked. And those are the two things that kind of guide me through life. And so, I was, you know, in high school. I was kind of at a crossroads of what I want to do for my future. We, we were, we were kind of out of the grain business at that point, late in high school, my senior year. And I had that teacher, and there's always that teacher you have in your life that changes you. And uh, his name is Mr. Beckman, Charlie Beckman. And uh, so he uh, he wanted me to come out and coach as a middle school aide. We had athletic period for middle school, so I could still play football myself after school, but we had it for middle school during the school day. So I went out as a coach's aide. I thought it was the greatest thing I ever done in my life. And I loved history. I loved I loved working with kids. And he said, "Donnie, you're a you're a coach and a teacher." And I didn't. I, I agreed with him. And so from that point, I just wanted to put myself in the best situations possible, going through college and continuing to coach and and, and put myself around great people to I learn from. And then you know, in, in education, I just always refused to. Uh, I, I know I want our kids to have the most unique learning experience possible. And I, I just, I'm the relentless in that effort. And so, you know, going through those different places I've been in my career, I've always tried to take my, my unique way of trying to bring class alive and it's called the law of effect, you know, uh, and just don't want to, I just do not want kids to leave without having that positive impression. And so I had a great teaching career and coaching career, but I just thought, you know what? I had another close friend of mine, David large, who said, you know, you need to take this to the building level. So I got my admin degree and, uh, and that's kind of where I got into as a school-wide culture. Just want to make sure that every day kids get out of the car, get off the buses and they're wanting, they want 
like they're on fire to get into the building. I want our teachers to have that passion and that energy. Like every day they get to make a positive difference. And I think too much in, in educational leadership, people are held back. I think we've got to unleash, unleash talent. That's what it's all about. And, and, and create an environment that they can unleash that talent in. And so that's what we're all about here at Royster Middle School. That's where I'm at in Chinook, Kansas. And uh, we're, we're a population of about 13,000. And, uh, and so we, our middle school is about 500 roughly students, six through eight. And I've always was a high school person all through my career and until I came to Royster a few years ago. And, uh, and they, they questioned whether or not I, I was, could have the middle the middle school mindset and i the first day i realized this is my maturity level so this is <laughs> this is where i this is where i belong and so i love it and uh and i think that's such an incredible age to really shape kids because and that's a whole nother topic for later but you know talking about where dreams die and things and just keeping those dreams alive and keeping those kids passionate about school so yeah so like i said very real setting but we but like i said we have everything here that we can help connect our kids to the world with so very cool. And and I, I'll definitely touch on that middle school experience. I did uh, four years at a middle school and then I wanted to see what high school was about. So since I'm a yeah. uh, admin intern slash health and PE teacher, I was able to go to a high school and <laughs> I had a good time, but I definitely missed the middle school where one kid might be gothic for one week, a jock the next week. I mean, there's so many different personalities and, and you can shape them, you know, like yeah. you said uh, so easily. And it, it's a really impressionable age. Exactly. They're just trying to, they're trying to find themselves, you know, and that's, and it's so, it's so important to have the support during that time in their life as well. Well, and, and you know, your, your core values, you mentioned, I, I love how you said, you know, you refuse to be outworked. How, how did you come about that one? Like, how, how did you like come up with the wording? I don't know. I, I just love that. Yeah. And so it, it all goes back to when I've grown up and, and watching my dad and mom, you know, and my dad, we, we, <clears throat> We provided a, a feed mill grain 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 elevator operation. So we provided fertilizer, you know, chemicals, feed for cattle. It's it, pretty much everything. And so we farmers entrusted us to get to help feed their cattle. And and so we, there'd be times where it'd be midnight and we we're out in pastures of other you know other ranches or farms and trying to help make sure everything was fed and taken care of. We just it wasn't an option. It's like like people depend on us to do things right. So. Like we're gonna find a way to get it done, and I just kind of been ingrained in me. So, so going through my life, it's just I always had this chip on my shoulder, saying like, no one, like my my work ethic is going, it's going to separate me in, in in life. And so, and in a positive way, you know, I just I just will not accept something that can't be done. I'll I'll find a way to get it done, and 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 include other people. But that's something I take a lot of pride in. We laugh about it. Talking to my dad, you know, every time we talk, you know, we talk, talk about all these stories. Like, you remember when we were in that, in that feedlot back in late December and nine in the 1994 and it was 10 o'clock at night and we were stuck. I'm like, yeah, I remember that. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we got home, by, we, we got home before one in the morning and drive mom crazy. Sometimes it was school night, but, but, you know, but, it, but more than that is a sense of belonging. And it's like, that's where I needed to be. And I think so many kids need that sense of belonging. Like, like, we have a place for you at school. School school is better because of you. We need you here. And and building that community and building that sense of belonging. And, and kids all have to be a part of something bigger than themselves. I think that's what we miss sometimes in education is that we got to get kids part of something bigger than themselves. So they take pride in that. You know, the biggest part, the biggest gap to, to learning, I believe, is called, called closing the caring gap. And I think I just come up, I, I've been working on this concept for a while, but 
to close the caring gap, people say, well, that, that kid is struggling. Well, a lot of times it's a caring gap. And, and, and so what you look at is they have purpose. If they, if they have purpose, then they have a chance to have pride and then they can have passion, you know? And, and, and so I think you can put them whatever order you want to put them in, but that's something we got to keep hitting on in education, you know, and this closing that caring gap. There's, there's so many conditions our kids are coming out of before they even get to the school day. And with all this COVID stuff, it's even more extended to that. But we, kids have got to feel like they're a part and they have purpose of being at school or being a part of the learning process. And they do, great things happen. Yeah, and, and those are three really good P's, man. Purpose, pride, and passion. You know, yeah. close the uh, caring gap. That That's pretty remarkable. I like that. So, yeah, I, I, you know, in the last, you know, throughout my career, not this last, but last few years, I've been trying to really tie into that. Like, what, why do the kid not care? Well, a lot of times they don't care because they don't have a purpose. And then you look at, well, they can't, you can't have, you know, purpose, you sure can't have passionate about anything and it's hard then you can't have pride you know i think all those things got to fit together in one big in one big cycle very cool now let's um before we dive into your um how you are in the school building you want to talk about the book you wrote oh yeah we uh you know last august i came home from school one is a long day and in early evening by the time i got home and and my wife felt inspired she had this story she had the story in her and so and we're not authors by trade, okay? So I want to start with that. But, but anyway, and it just, it just, I read it. And I said, this is something. There's something here. This is special. And basically, it's just about how you can make a difference in someone's life by just trying to offer a smile. And and so, so long story short, uh, she asked me to help help her finish it. And then, you know, ironically enough, when uh, Brian Aspinall came, it was a great the great educator Brian Aspinall came to our middle school last October. And then we just had, and we were friends before that, but we, we just really, we just really hit it off. And, and on the way back to the airport, cause we remember we live in the middle of nowhere here. I mean, I say that we're in the, we're in the cultural Mecca of Kansas. So we're, we're an hour, two hours from Tulsa, Wichita, Kansas, uh, Kansas city and Topeka, Kansas. So we're kind of the middle of all those areas. So we have when you go somewhere, you have time to, to meditate a little bit and and, 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 and talk. So anyway, but we uh, were traveling back up up there to the airport, and he says he was talking about the children's book that he was starting to publish, and, and I just mentioned ours, just kind of just a whim, and he's no, let me look at it. And so he he looked at it. No, we're 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 getting this we're getting this out, and so we did it. It's been a long process, but it's a really great story, and it's just about how everyone can play a difference in someone's life, and when it really comes down to it sometimes you put these make these deposits of kindness and you don't see them you, you don't see them bloom right there on the spot but they do make a difference and we just gotta keep dropping them and sometimes all the deposits can come back and change your own life from the people that you helped and so that's what the book's really about it's geared towards you know it's geared towards pre-k up to three uh grades uh, sorry third grade fourth grade but what i found is like dave smitto he said you know i i my son got so much out of it and I got so much out of it, you know, I, I really meant a lot to me, you know, and how much, how many adults have really got a lot out of this book. So it's a kind of a, it's a great story. It's got a great feel to it. Beautiful illustrations uh, uh, by Alexandria Massey, who's out of Canada. And uh, she has just done amazing work with this. And so it's a, so yeah, just finding lost You can get on. It, it just takes you to the Amazon link, but I'm not saying, I'm just saying if you can help, I'm not trying to pump a book or anything. Oh no, you're good. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. But it's just, 
it's just had such a positive impact and, and so many great educators across America has, have, have got on board with it and have been putting pictures out on, on, on Twitter and Facebook. And it just meant, meant, meant so much to me and Instagram. So it just meant so much to me and our wife or my wife, not our wife, my wife, Vicki. And so, so like I said, Vicki, Vicki is the, the mastermind behind it, but, uh, but she, she allowed me to get on, get a part of the project and help finish it out. So something very, very cool. positive. Very cool. So, I meant to get me a copy. That's a, it looks, it looks good. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, if anybody, we'd love to <clears throat> jump in classrooms. If you have Zoom drop-ins and stuff, we'd love to get it out there and, and talk to kids about it. That's our true passion. We just want to make a difference and, and, and spread that positivity. Very cool. Now, let, let's kind of talk about how you are in your, in your building because, you know, I'll see on Twitter, you know, you might be dressed up as Hulk Hogan putting yard <laughs> signs um, yeah. in your students' yards. And, like, how are you in your building from, like, the start of the day to when you leave your building, probably exhausted. Well, in, in the perfect world, I, I try to get to school about five in the morning or before just so I can get, I don't want to, I don't want to spend time. I can be with kids and teachers doing office work if I can't help it, you know? And, yeah. and so, so I try to get here early then, but once, but we got, we have kids to start getting, we start school officially at eight o'clock officially, but we have kids to start getting here at six thirty in the morning. And, uh, and so, I, I love it. I mean, they, and so I hang outside the building with them and, and we just try to connect and bond. And I, it was funny. I do these morning motivation videos and stuff and the, I got my film crew. So yeah. <laughs> I just did on my, it's, it's so primitive. I just got my iPhone and, and then we have, we have some, uh, some of the kids, uh, they'll, they'll be like, like, Hey guys, we're filming. Okay. Tell me else to be quiet. Like we're filming, we're filming. And so it takes me, it takes me on average about 49 takes per video I put out to get it right. But anyway, yeah. It, it cracks me up, but the kids love it. They, they they feel they're a part of it, you know. And so, but then the buses start showing up at seven thirty, and parents start rolling up at seven thirty, and it is energy time. We're out there, and we're trying to put a smile on kids' faces as they come in. We just, we I want to really focus on what's called the one percent and the ten percent rule. And the one percent is if we can the first impression that kid can have in a classroom or in a school day, and it's every single day that can guide their whole entire school day okay okay if they if their first impression is a bad impression it's really i mean it's, it's hard to, to overcome it and uh when i did hulk hogan to start the school year off i always we do these incredible back to school celebrations and so like the first day of school for example our kids are greeted with, with a red carpet and our, our entire staff support staff they're clapping for them in a big tunnel the kids come through it's awesome it's it's such a great way to kick off school year and then I came in with like, you know, my first year here, I, I just did a mic drop, just a power talk about how we're going to do, how we're going to do things, how we're going to treat people. Last year, I, or this, I'm sorry, this, this, this past August, I dressed up like Hulk Hogan and I came out and it, the music was cranked and the place erupted. I'm not even sure most kids who knew, who knew what Hulk Hogan was, <laughs> which is really disturbing. I'm not sure what we're teaching in schools right now, but anyway, but the point is, is that we, and it just, the kids were so excited and that energy you can't think about it is you can set the tone for the entire school year. If you focus on that 1% 10%. So now the 1% is out, out in front of the building and the 10% goes into how, how you're going to strategically set up your class or set up the, the school day to get the kids off to a great start. And so our kids, once they get in the building, they go to a thing called choice time. And that's something I, I'm really proud of. And choice time is, the first 30 minutes of each of our, each of our school days. And it's things where kids can really expand what they want to expand. It could be coding. It could be, uh, it, 
it could be physical activity type movements. We have games, we have chess. We, I mean, it's pretty much anything a kid could dream up. And, and we even have a Minecraft one, you know, but it very, it, so each day of the week, they go to a certain choice time. They change every day, but they have the same one for the nine weeks and we rotate them at nine weeks. And so, uh, and we've got 10% of school days, the kids really get it, just get that energy going. They get they, most of them are physically active. Cause we, we really believe here that if you are physically active, it increases your brain, brain activity and your, and your brain functions. And it does, it's not, it's not me coming up with that. It's scientific proof. Mm-hmm. So we get, we get kids active and then they just hold the whole day just goes off from there. Then we go to first hour, you know, eight thirty, And so then we also, during that time, we also, we offer inter, you know, intervention time for kids and, and we're just for math and reading and social studies and science. And, and so, we have a very intricate system. Um, it's just something, you know, I was so honored when Brian Aspinall came here. He, he witnessed it for two days, like seeing it in action. And he just like, this, this is not normal. This is like, like you just, people are not doing this. And, and this, what, how I measure our days, how many smiles I see on kids, you know, how many smiles we see and how, and how excited kids are. And so that's what I mean by that 1%. And then from that point, I'm just, I'm blasting classrooms. I mean, I'm in classrooms so much that it's just part of what we do. And I, and I may be, I may be in there answering an email a time or two, but it's, it's beyond evaluation. It's just being part of that classroom culture. And so ki- teachers don't even change anything up. I mean, it's just no- normal. I, I come in and I, I, I try to tell that story of the classroom. Uh, one thing I'm very committed to is to telling our, telling our school story. I just, I, I'm on a relentless mission to tell that. And I, I may be leading that, but our teachers have taken, oh, they've done such an amazing job of, of telling that story as well. And so, and I, I tell people that kind of jokingly, the world's watching us right now, guys. I mean, we, we got we to gotta put out these positive stories. And perception is what you see on a daily basis. If you, if you don't tell these positive stories, then the next news you get from the school is going to be how they perceive the school. And it does. It, it does it's, I call it a 101 ratio. There's going to be things that are not pleasant that happens at school. There's going to be things. This just happens, okay? And there's, and, but if you consistently tell that positive story, that's going to be the perception of what is of your school. And so now, part of my normal day, kind of get back to that question. I'm telling that story. I'm supporting teachers. I'm in constant. I mean, I'm just meeting on the run. I try to never meet in my classroom. If we can meet in, in, in teacher rooms, that's the best classroom. That's the best place to meet when we, when we do meet. But, but what's so amazing is, is that, I'm so proud of how we have taken everyday moments and we've transformed them into school culture changing opportunities. Okay. Mm-hmm. There, there's so many opportunities people just ignore or waste in a normal day. And we just try to maximize those. You know, when a kid comes into your classroom or, you know, you like, like I, I don't, I wouldn't have to go in the lunch line every day or sit down with kids at lunch every day. I mean, I, I could, I could just be a straight supervisor, but that's not changing culture, you know? And if kids know that you care, then they have, they know they belong and they know that they're loved. And that's so key. And I don't care what age group you are. I mean, I, I did that as a high school principal. I did, I've done it as a middle school principal. You know, people joke around with that. Well, this stuff only works in middle school. Well, no, I did it at high school too. And they loved it there. You know, I'm just saying that you don't, it's not an age thing. Feeling, feeling loved and belonged and belonging to something. It's, it's timeless, you know? And so, so that's, and it's ageless, you know? So, so that's what we do. Now, obviously, on any given day, my day is full of meetings, and and I have all kinds of things I got to keep updated on and whatnot. But 
and I'm not gonna lie to you. And my superintendent would laugh when I say this. I'm like, emails is not my strong suit. <laughs> yes, I to, you know, but I, I need to get better at that. But it's just it's one of those things where where I I I just, I just locked in my vision to change the school culture. You know, and I and I've I tried to lead a culture that is, is empowered to fail. And so we're we are out trying new ideas. Some of them work, work really well. But some of them don't work, but it's the ideas we got that we made something great happen, you know. And so, and so, that's what we're, we're always out there doing those things. And so, and that's that's kind of a normal. Just through the day, I try to be in classroom as much as possible. I jump into games in PE class, don't matter if I'm wearing my dress shoes, and I try to go out. And I'm not athletic, by the way, but I it don't stop <laughs> me from trying. And so, but uh, but that, that's that's what fueled me. You know, when COVID happened and we couldn't be in the school buildings, and we still we we were still learning, but in different way the personal interaction is what this tore me apart. And I didn't realize how much it impacted me. You know, I was really yep. getting, getting down, but that personal interaction. So, so that's kind of the fun stuff that we, we hit on and, and, uh, and just bring the energy to the school every day. Well, and that's one thing I definitely miss about COVID too, is, is, you know, I, I'm the type of teacher, you know, if you come to the, my building, um, I'm always seeing kids high five, you know, daps, knuckles, elbows. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when we finally get back, like, that's not going to probably be able to happen. And so I'm already thinking right now, like, what, what am I going to be able to do to like, like air five, like is air five. Cool? Yeah. Like, so I'm, I'm still trying to figure those out, but I'm with you. I, I've missed the interaction um, since this whole COVID mess. Yeah. It, ha- it happened so abruptly. It just, we, it's just, we, we didn't have any time to question. All we could do is react. And, and we, and I'm so proud of education as a whole and, and across, across the country and, and beyond is how, how we reacted to it and how we, did the very best we could, but we just got to reinvent how we inter- make those interactions with kids. That, that's going to, and we've done a lot of that already, but just moving forward, we're hoping we start hearing back in Kansas, we're hoping we start school to what we know normal is, but we know at any given time, just like last time, it could, it could totally change. And we just got to be ready for that this time. Yeah. And what, what does that look like for you all right now? Like how, how is learning happening and whatnot? Or how is so, learning happening? Yeah. So, so, I, so we're very proud and we, we try to, you know, Zoom went from being, you know, a few people knew about Zoom to being a household name overnight, you know? Yeah. And, and so, but we tried to use Zoom as much as possible. So our classrooms, our classroom teachers, they, they had re- regular Zoom meetings, but those were not for instruction as much as for interaction and, you know, just for support for the kids. You know, we, we there, there are some good things. You know, we, we developed this ongoing or continuous learning website from our school level and our district level that, was really, really amazing. And it got for so many resources and support to our kids. But, you know, this, this has opened up the opportunity to do more flip, flipped instruction, you know, more flipped classroom instruction, which I think can be very positive, you know, where, where the content is going to be available 24 seven. So make classroom time more for support and more creativity and the more, just more individual growth in the classroom. But we're just, you know, last day of school, what we, and here we, we, we start really early in the school year, but we start in early August, but we get out and then in last part of May. And, and we just, I did a, a zoom meeting for each individual class and all the teachers were on it was that was that level of class. And it was just so much fun just seeing the kids' faces, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, and like I said, and that's like, when I put videos out, you know, I, I I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping they're getting everyone, but I don't know they're getting everyone, you know? And I just, I just want to, as that's my biggest fear is hoping the information's getting out and the content's getting out. And, and more importantly, the support 
they know they have is getting out there. And there's so many things out of our kids, kids control and our families control that we relentlessly try to, we try to connect them to internet devices, any way they they can stay stay going. We, we didn't emphasize packets because obviously it went against our CDC guidelines of, you know, transacting those that paper, but mm-hmm. the paper packets didn't offer any interaction either, you know? And so we were trying to, we we're trying, so we put our effort into trying to get internet sources within five blocks of every home in our community. And we did. And, uh, and it's amazing work done by our central office and Matt, you know, Mr. Matt Custer, who is our, is our assistant superintendent in charge of technology. And like the amazing work they did with those community partners and getting fiber. We had fiber internet literally at five blocks of every home. And that's just amazing to me. I just, I, I was so proud of that and then getting devices out to everyone as well. That is really cool. And, um, you know, I've, I've seen on Twitter where like, They've taken, they put a bunch of like internet devices on a bus and park buses in neighborhoods mm-hmm. so kids can yep. access it. So that's, that's really cool. Y'all are offering that to your students to make them be able to connect with you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I said, we, but, but once again, no notice. And so this all kind of happened on the run and, and we made it work, you know, so we still got a long ways to go though. For sure. So if I, if I were to pull, um, you know, 15 random students from your school what would what would they say about their learning environment or just whole school experience well i'd hope they'd say that they're they're loved they're cared about you know i, I number one and and they and they just they want to be at school you know that, that's what i hope they would say you know and here's the thing you know we there's there's we have individual moments in our life that can be a struggle you know and but the overall picture is that they're part of a supportive, loving culture that they can be their best them. You know, we have this concept called chasing greatness. And, uh, and what that really means is it's a relentless pursuit of being your best you, whatever that is. And it never ends. It's a journey. It's not a destination. And, and our kids, they've embraced that. Our teachers have embraced that. So, so, so they probably, uh, if you, they'll probably be talking about chasing greatness, you know, but, 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 but more importantly is that, that, we don't want, we want to have limitless, there's a limitless opportunity to be innovative, creative. We don't want to put kids in a box. We don't put our teachers in a box, but at the same time, we just want to build that school-wide respect for each other. And, and it's always a process, you know, it's, it's never ends and it's, we're not perfect, but, but hopefully that's what they would say. You know, I, I'd hope, you know, I, I, I want to hear, I'm, they have fun. They get, they do, can do exciting things. They can be active, you know, those kind of things that, that we take pride in. Cool. Very cool. And, and, you know, those kids really run the culture of a school. Um, And it sounds like that's, that's one of your big passions is boom. You know, I want to affect the culture and the learning environment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I talk a lot about kids being a part of the learning process, but you have to empower them to be a part of it. I mean, you have to give them that voice and that power to be able to impact it. And the kids got to know they're a part of the learning process. I mean, without them, nothing else clicks. And and in order to be a, be about them they have to have voice in that and they got to have they have to be empowered in that system yeah and and so you know this is like sort of the part of the show where you know you can give some shout outs so are there any anybody you look up to or or your staff or whatnot you want to give a shout out to well I, the first shout out just goes our entire <laughs> you know our, our entire school staff has been amazing and then no one at no time did anyone say, "Hey, we can't do this." When, when all the COVID stuff happened, it was like, "How? What can we do?" And let's get it done. And 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 so that so 
we have so many amazing educators out there. Our superintendent, you know, Dr. Kellen Adams and, and, and our other superintendents, Tracy Marion and Matt Custer, they were just a, did amazing work in trying to connect everyone. Uh, our food service, we, we had, we had nine different locations where kids could get food every day, breakfast and lunch. That's amazing. And a community our size, I mean, that's, that's amazing because we know that if, if you're hungry, you can't, I mean, it's harder to learn. I mean, I won't say you can't learn, but my gosh, it, it, you're focused on other things. And so, so how, how we attacked Maslow during that time was so phenomenal. You know, I, I, you know, that's just, you know, locally, you know, I just, I just want to unleash this, these incredible talent we have in our area to, to learn, but, you know, and obviously my A team, I, this is they're, they're they're my driving force, Vicky and and Charlie and Sarah. You know, Charlie and Sarah, my my kids, and and you know what's ironic about Charlie? You know he's named after a teacher. You know he named after a teacher that changed my life. Wow! Know? And so and so that's Charlie David. Is a, you know that's his first and middle name, and my dad and and my teacher. You know, and so it's just teachers make it. They change lives every day, and so I just give a shout out to all the teachers across America who've done so much and. In Canada and, and everywhere else, you know, I'm across across the listening area that's done so much to reinvent themselves. Never, never take an average for, for something that's absolute, and always trying to make themselves better, you know. And I'm just, and every day I'm on Twitter and on Facebook, and I learn from so many people. You know, I, what's funny about me and and Twitter is I had a flip phone five years ago, and I would not, <laughs> I would not convert I would not convert to an iPhone. I'm like, oh, I can't, I don't want no. I, Flip phone is much more durable. I don't want that iPhone with a glass screen. It's going to break. You know, I was coaching football back then. And it's going, well, I'm going back six years. And so when I become a high school principal, I finally broke down and got an iPhone. Like, And then all of a sudden, like, oh, my, there's, there's a whole new world out there. Then then Twitter. What's funny about me and Twitter, I, I went to the wrong session of a conference. And I went and I sat front and center. That's how my mom always taught me, you know, pay attention, set front and center. And, and I did. And I went once. Once he started, once he started, Doctor Powers from Springfield, Missouri. Once he started, uh, I realized, oh no, this is, about, this is not about Google Classroom and being flipped for instruction. No, this is this is about Twitter. Oh, okay, I can't use this. And so then all of a sudden, I just start listening. And, oh my gosh! I, I there on the spot, I got a Twitter account, and it just went from there. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was back in 2016. But so on Twitter, oh my gosh, Jeff Kubiak and. Dennis Matthew, I, I'm going to leave people out. Bethany Hill's been such a big part of my life. And my family at Codebreaker with Brian Aspinall and Daphne Minamine. And, and it just goes, Jay Billy, and it just goes on there. Dave Burgess and I and, and Tara Martin. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And it's just so many great people. And I'm, I do not want to leave anyone else this list because there's so many people every day impact, impact how I look at things, you know. But yep. what, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to tell you is, is that everyone has something to contribute. And if you, and, and share those ideas let's build one big community of unity and just share and because when we share ideas we all grow and we all get better that's all i can say about that you know yeah well and and, and you know spill the tea give me a little hint man how do you get four thousand followers i mean you're killing it well i've done it very or, organically i guess I'm, I, I haven't done any of the twitter stuff to do that i just like i i number one if i think they can offer contribute i try to follow as many people as i can and then what I've learned, and it's someone, this is a person who I, I really, I love Vernon Wright. He's, he's down in Arlington, Texas, and he does amazing work. But he, he focuses on value, like what value you bring in. And so I just try to offer value. I'll try to offer things that people might relate to. And, 
and that can connect with. And, and the, the number one thing that I've done is I just, re, I'm just me. I, I'm just a relentless dork and a, a genuine dork at that. And I don't, I just own it. I don't care. I mean, it's just, it's what it is. If, if, you know, if people don't care for it, that's fine. I'm not forcing anyone to follow it, but I, everything I do on social media is for the kids. I, I just do it for my students and then other people's kind of glued onto it. And I, there's a group teach better team uh, with like, uh, Jeff Gargas and Chad Ostrowski and, and, and Ray Hewitt here and they're, they do such amazing work, but they're, they're the, they, they're the first ones kind of reach out to me and said, you know, talking about my videos. I'm like, oh, so you want to talk about my videos? Like, are you serious? I'm like, well, people are watching those things. I'm like, oh, okay. I just thought they were for the kids. <laughs> and so, but, but it's just, I tell you, it's just, I'm just honored that people, I, I have an opportunity to make someone's life a little bit better, some positivity and, and offered value, but, it's, it's, it all comes from the heart. I'm just a, like I said, it's a genuine dork who tries to work hard and do things right and, and, and treat people right. Well, and, I, and I'm with you, man. You know, I, I was a um, co-keynote of a health and PE conference. And mm-hmm. the, the guy, the, I get there the night before, we're running through everything. And he's like, you got Twitter? I was like, no. He's like, nope, you need to create it tomorrow. We got to put your handle out because people are going to want to see the stuff you're doing. I was like, no yeah. one cares about me. And then during my like session, I just, my phone, my phone's blowing up because the first thing they do is they sit down, they follow, and then they're taking yep. pictures and then reach. It's just, it's insane. And I like what you said. It's a community, you know, follow as many as you can learn from each other. There's so much greatness out there. Um, yep. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. You need to steal and borrow. Exactly. Oh, so many, so many wonderful people. And I, I what, what's so entertaining is, is that like, there's people on the West coast, East coast and everyone in between that I, I feel really connected to now. And I learn from and become friends with because of Twitter, you know, and, and follow positive, follow value. Don't follow the, the junk, you know, for sure. One thing, I, one thing I would highly encourage anyone who's getting new to be on new to Twitter or starting a new account to Twitter would be carefully select the people that you start following. And then it's going to, and I'll start automatic, like auto suggesting people, but yeah, just make sure that you follow positivity, follow educational value if you're an educator. And there's so much information out there. It's like PD at your fingertips, you know. And uh, Corey, you do so many great things. And like I said, through but through Twitter, we we able to connect, right? Yeah. And that's and so and yeah, and like I said, and and everyone out there in education, you have something to offer, and you have something that can make someone else's classroom better. This is one thing I really believe in is that one person's best practice can, can come someone else's next practice. If you share it and if you get that out there. Yeah. Well, I'm with you. Well, so this season two podcast is going to start coming out in the summer. And one thing I'm asking from each of my guests um, is to sort of wrap up with, with the teachers out there listening, what's some professional development, some professional learning they can do on their own. Is there an education podcast you listen to? or a book you recommend or or what's some sort of easy PLPD for the listeners? Yeah. So what I I highly, there's so many great books out there right now. That's just amazing. So just keep following, you know, like code breaker, for example, you know, DBC, uh, edumatch. They've got so many great authors edu gladiator. I mean, they're all out there, but through, yeah, you have two levels of PD to me. Yeah. You have things that like strike your passion and things that strike your craft and sometimes they go into one but identify areas that you want to grow in and then with those areas try to reach out for example there's with this covid there's so many free pd opportunities out there right now or online opportunities um 
we're putting on with Codebreaker, we're putting on a power summit in late July, July, uh, and and basically it's going to be an opportunity to get on to get on Facebook Live and YouTube Live and and other sources as well, and just learn from other educators. And so and it's going to be you, you connect connect with them all over North America. Those are the kind of opportunities that I would really highly recommend, you know. And there's things you follow me. There are going to be all kinds of things about the Power Summit, but there's all, but there's more than that, you know. Um, I I would really try to build a PLC culture within your school, and then and learn together with other educators, you know. So, um, what I wouldn't miss out on the opportunities, you know. And there's another incredible opportunity. If you're not following the Teach Better team, you've got to get with, it. like I, you, you got to get on the Teach Better movement, okay? Because you know, if this is all about teachers, they're from teachers who want to help make teachers the best they can make them. So, so I would highly, they have a private Facebook group, but reach out and get on, get on Teach Better because they offer PD, constant PD opportunities, opportunities for not only webinars, but interactive times. Like you can get on with the Teach Better team in the evenings and they do like Facebook live opportunity where you can talk to them directly and, and connect to those educators. So, so, like I said, I'm very proud to be a part of, you know, what the Teach Better team's doing and, and, and Code Breaker's growing so much right now with Brian Aspinall and trying trying to offer value to educators who can help them grow to be their best. Yeah, if you hear me clicking in the background, that's me um, following Code Breakers and the Teach Better team. Because even though I follow you and, and see everything you do, I did not follow them. So, if you heard me clicking, I was listening, but I was following yeah. both of them. <laughs> Well, hey, that's man, awesome. This has been an absolute pleasure. Um, I really appreciate you coming on, spilling the tea, giving it, um, you know, to the listeners out there. I don't know who's going to be listening um, during the season two during the summer, but I, I know some people will be. And, you know, I'll make sure I send you the link when this goes out so you can tweet it and let people share the message that was shared today, man, because I, I, I just really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, perfect. So thanks for having me. I, I mean, I truly, truly appreciate it. And and Corey, thanks for all the great work you're doing. You're, you're, no matter what happens, you're always out there trying to make opportunities for kids and you're trying to help everyone around you be better. So I appreciate you so much. Well, thank you, man. And um, let's definitely connect some other time soon. Uh, good luck closing out your year and try to enjoy your summer. Yeah, well, stay, stay connected, bro. Okay, stay connected. Sounds good, man. Talk to you later. And there you had it. Episode two of season two of Staffelty Spilling the tea. Now, for the free book giveaway, all you have to do to get a copy of Finding Lost Smiles is retweet or share this on social media. Share this episode on social media and make sure you tag me in it and you'll be entered into a raffle to win a free copy of today's book. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. It's been real, it's been fun, and it has been real fun. Peace!